Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4 slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 slash Lisa. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. So I am so excited for this next guest. You know, I love bringing truth tellers on the show, people who are fearless, standing up for what is right in the country, exposing corruption, exposing lies. And I don't know if anyone does it better than this guy. Peter Schweizer is going to be on the show, author of the new book, Red Handed. He's written multiple New York Times bestselling books, but he goes out there and exposes the lies and the corruption of our public officials. And it's in abundance. So we're going to talk to him about what motivated him to step up, to dig in and to investigate these people. Why is it so important to him to expose corruption? We're also, of course, going to get into the Biden family, what you need to know about their corruption. How involved is Joe Biden? And has it influenced his decision making? So a lot to get to into D.C.'s corruption. We're getting into the swamp and everything else. Stay tuned for the great Peter Schweizer. Peter, it's such an honor to have you on the show. I'm a huge fan of yours. Uh, you've done such great work trying to bring to light a lot of corruption that happens, which uh, is in abundance, sadly. So I appreciate you taking the time to join the show. Absolutely, Lisa. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks so much for having me. This will be fun. You know, there's a lot of conversations about the Bidens and corruption what do you think they get wrong? What isn't being discussed that should? Uh, the fact that the Bidens have received tens of millions of dollars. We believe it's 31 million based on the emails uh, from four Chinese businessmen. And those four Chinese businessmen, we know their names because, again, they're on the laptop. Those four businessmen have ties to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence, meaning that they are business partners with the vice minister of state security. So this is this is not a oh I'm going to steer a little bit of money to my nephew as part of a you know county paving contract type of corruption. This is international global corruption from our chief adversary. The Bidens have received this money. There is zero evidence, zip, not evidence that they performed any kind of legitimate business service for any of this money, uh, and yet they received the money and the intelligence connections, the people that sent them the money should uh, make us all deeply, deeply concerned. And what's Joe Biden's role in it? Because I, I think there's some deference for Hunter Biden just because he's such a mess. You yeah. know, I mean, this is a guy who thought Parmesan cheese was, I can't remember <laughs> if it was cracker or cocaine. So, right. you know, like he, he's got some issues, but what's Joe Biden's role in all of it? Well, Joe Biden is the planet around which all the moons in the Biden family uh, rotate. Um, you know, Hunter Biden certainly gets the most attention uh, for his deals. But, you know, I uh, a couple of books ago, I did a book called Profiles in Corruption, uh, and we looked at the entire business family uh, of the Bidens. And we found that there were at least five members of the Biden family who were cashing in on the names. So it's not just Hunter. I think the 
you know, people will say, well, you know, he has the drug addiction and all of that, which I think is true, but uh, people are still shoveling money at him and they are also shoveling money at other members of the Biden family. Uh, and then the question becomes, why? How is it that these these individuals with the last name Biden are able to take in money when they're not really doing much discernible in return? How are they able to pull this off? And the answer, in my mind, no doubt, is the fact that uh, they provide access to Joe Biden, that Joe Biden is willing to talk to people, meet people, listen to people uh, in which his family is engaged in commercial activities. Um, and that is worth the price of admission. That's what it seems like these foreign actors are are essentially saying. Well, that's also to your point, And you've talked about this. I mean, when Joe Biden was vice president, you know, quite literally flying Hunter Biden around on Air Force Two, Greece the wheels, shaking the hands of business uh, individuals like he, he did in China. Yeah, he he, he flew several times uh, with his father in Air Force Two. Uh, the famous one um, was the 2013 December flight where his father is going to meet with Chinese officials. He's been anointed by Barack Obama, president of the United States, as the point person on China policy. And Hunter Biden flies to China with him. Uh, and about a week after that trip is when Hunter gets juiced in. Uh, he's given a 10% ownership of this uh, private investment fund that the Chinese government is funding. Um, he had no background in finance. He had no background in China. Um, and that timing is certainly suspect. But there are other examples, Lisa, of it as well. We know from the emails that in 2014, Hunter Biden flew with his father when his father was meeting the president of Mexico. And that email I talk about in Profiles in Corruption is particularly uh, uh, surprising and shocking because Hunter Biden is berating a Mexican businessman um, and he's quite explicit. He says, look, I've given you what you wanted. I got you meetings in the White House. I got you a private meeting at the vice presidential mansion, which, of course, is his dad. I've given you all those things. Now, where are the deals that you promised me? Um, which is, to me, a clear admission uh, that this is pay to play, that this is access, uh, that this is corruption. So Air Force One is certainly one example of that. There are, are you know, numerous other examples. Um, Frank Biden, who's Joe Biden's uh, brother, um, got a special commendation uh, to set up a solar energy company in Costa Rica shortly after his brother had visited Costa Rica. Um, and again, Frank Biden had no background in solar, solar power or development or whatever. So when you have a powerful figure like Joe Biden and the word gets out on the street that, you know, they're willing to do deals and play ball, uh, the opportunities are endless. And it can mean taking a phone call, taking a meeting, flying somewhere uh, or simply greasing the skids for a family member with a foreign leader. How long has corruption influenced Joe Biden's career? I mean, you know, obviously he's president now, he's vice president, but he also served as you know head of the Judiciary Committee and was pretty influential on Capitol Hill. Yeah, it's it's always hard to know what is day one uh, in 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 corruption. Uh, I think a lot of times the way this works, uh, people go into office, maybe they're idealistic. You know, Joe Biden probably was, I think. Uh, and then over time, they come to believe that they are entitled uh, to certain things because they don't get paid as much as they think they're worth. They work hard. They're doing things for the country. And it has this sort of corrosive effect. The earliest signs to me with Joe Biden came in the 1990s uh, when he got special breaks on a mortgage. He is a U.S. senator. He doesn't have a lot of money. He's not generating a huge amount of income, but he was able to afford the purchase of one of the DuPont mansions in Delaware. Uh, because uh, a bank, MBNA, which is a big bank in Delaware, uh, gave him a, a real sweetheart mortgage deal, um, you know, well below market rates. Um, MBNA, of course, had business matters before the Senate. Uh, Joe Biden was helpful to them. Then if you go to the 2000s, Hunter Biden, you know, is out of law school. He's now looking for business ventures. He immediately goes into the lobbying business uh, and he works for a lobbying firm that is lobbying his father on behalf of Delaware-based entities. Um, then Hunter gets involved with an online gambling uh, company, lobbying for them with the Department of Justice. There are all kinds of criminal charges against them. His dad is the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, as you pointed out. 
So it, it starts to take hold. But I think the big step for the Bidens was when Joe became vice president because they were able to globalize corruption, meaning they could now really find international players um, that are willing to you know, give them money. That could be in Ukraine, Russia, China you know, wherever you might want it to be. So this the globalization of corruption that I think created really big opportunities for the Bidens. And it's kind of similar pattern to what the Clintons had. The Clintons went in Arkansas with sort of low rent corruption. But uh, once Bill was out of the uh, White House uh, and his wife was in the Senate um, and she became secretary of state, the level of corruption just exploded because there was so much they could do for so many foreign actors. Do you think anyone can spend that much time in Washington, D.C. and not become corrupt? <laughs> <laughs> very hard, Lisa. It's a great question. I think it's very hard. Um, it's very hard. Um, you know, uh, you know, Bobby Jindal, who uh, I worked on a book with years ago, served in Congress. Um, and, you know, he said you get there and you have the right principles and you have the right commitment. And then what happens is like everybody thinks you're brilliant. Everybody thinks you're good looking. Everybody thinks you're going to be president um, and your ego starts to inflate. Um, and his point was after about three terms, it becomes really, really hard. Now, are there people there that are longer that are not corrupt? Absolutely. But I would argue they're probably the exception to the rule. And that's one of the reasons why, Lisa, I was you know, usually not in favor of term limits. Uh, I think let the voters decide. But I've come to the conclusion that the level of corruption is so great, it accumulates the longer you stay there, that term limits are really one of the most effective ways to deal with it. It doesn't eliminate the problem by any means, but it gets rid of people who are there for 20, 30 years to where the corruption becomes systematic, it becomes in, endemic and embedded in almost everything that they do. And it happens on both sides of the aisle. Well, you know, money and power corrupt. Y you had mentioned Ukraine. I mean, we have just sending tens of billions of dollars, just a continual flow of money to Ukraine. Is there, without really accountability uh, either, without really transparency of where it's going, what it's being spent on, should Americans be concerned that there's a corruptive nature to the money considering the Biden family has made money off of Ukraine in the past? Oh, absolutely. I think there should be. I mean, look, my view is I think what Russia is doing is terrible. I stand with the Ukrainian people. I think they should fight and they are fighting for their own independence and we should support them. The problem is they have a very corrupt government um, in Kiev that is running things. Um, and there are some sort of interesting connections that don't always get pointed out. I mean, you look at President Zelensky of Ukraine, who's been kind of rallying the Ukrainian people. Well, who was the one that effectively put Zelensky in power? It's a Ukrainian oligarch named Kolomoisky. Uh, Kolomoisky is highly corrupt. In fact, he owned a bank called Privat Bank um, that received money from the IMF. And basically, $8 billion just disappeared. And everybody assumes Kolomoisky took it. Kolomoisky was also believed to be a silent partner in a Ukrainian energy company called Burisma, which is the energy company that employed Hunter Biden. So Kolomoisky is the guy that that by most accounts financed the campaign for Zelensky and put him in power. So Zelensky has ties. He has obligations. And my view is I'm, I'm not an expert in foreign aid, but my view is you know, let's give the Ukrainians weapons, let's send them food. But this notion that we should send them large blocks of cash, um, I think, is a really stupid idea. And it's an invitation to mass corruption. Um, and the notion that, you know, the Biden administration says, well, we're going to account for it all and we're going to, you know, do audits. How are you going to audit Ukrainian banks when eight billion dollars just disappears? So um, that that should be a real concern. And the tragedy here, of course, is that it, it's the Ukrainian people that are going to suffer because they've got this corrupt political class that rules over them. We're going to take a quick commercial break back with the great Peter Schweizer. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. 
or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I mean, we know that Joe Biden fired the prosecutor general who was looking into to Burisma Holdings. He, you know, he bragged about it. Are there any examples to point to of how the money did influence decisions from Joe Biden, whether it be, you know, as vice president or his time in the Senate or or maybe even now? Uh, it's a great question. And I think it really depends on what type of uh, corrupt arrangement is taking place between the Bidens and the Ukrainians or the Bidens and the Chinese. Um, one could be basically a quid pro quo, um, which is, you know, we're going to give you this and in, in, in return, we're going to expect that. I don't think particularly with China, that's the way the relationship works. I think it's more of a retainer. Um, I think it's more, we're going to provide funding and we want you to you know, generally not press us too hard. And there's lots of examples of that. Um, the, the, the Chinese use a term called elite capture. It's a strategy they employ. And it's it's kind of genius if you think about it, because Lisa, what it basically says is rather than going toe to toe with the United States, we're just going to buy off elements of their leadership class, whether it's in Washington or Silicon Valley or Wall Street. And the Bidens, I think, are a prime example of that, having received this money. And China's very sophisticated in terms of what they're expecting from elites they capture. Uh, they don't expect them to be sort of, you know, robots that are spouting Mao is great and we love the CCP. Uh, they use an expression and the expression is they're looking for big help with a little bad mouth. So in other words, the things that matter most to them, which is, you know, essentially unfettered access to our financial markets, unfettered access to our technology and unfettered access to our, our business market, you know, not tariffs on goods where they can sell goods and dominate the market in the United States. If you give them those three things and you want to ding them on the Uyghurs or you want to criticize them for human rights or you want to say we stand with Taiwan, they don't really care. They're, they're getting what they want from you. And that's, I think, the way in which we need to look at, at the sort of behavior that the Bidens are engaged in. And there's no doubt there are numerous examples um, of how the Bidens have, have walked back and in the face of clear threat proposed by China in their conduct, the Biden camp has absolutely done nothing. Um, and I think it speaks to this commercial relationship that exists. You'd mentioned Taiwan. How does Joe Biden deter China from invading Taiwan when they are looking at him as probably compromised and already bought and paid for? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I think that uh, what China wants from Taiwan is not war, but the fruits of war, to, to paraphrase Winston Churchill. I think we will know more what mainland China is going to do uh, after the January uh, election next year in Taiwan. There is a uh, the KMT party, I believe it is, which is pro-Beijing, pro-mainland China, is running pretty close in the polls with the ruling party, which is, you know, Taiwan is an independent country. So I think they want to play out that election and see how it goes. Um, they don't want a war with China because there is uncertainty associated with it. And all they have to do is look at 
uh, what Russia is doing in Ukraine. Think about all the modeling that was done by the United States military, the UK, NATO. The expectation was within seven days, the Russians would effectively take over Ukraine. Uh, that's not been the case. Uh, Russia's military far less effective than expected. The Ukrainian is a lot more fierce in their opposition than expected. And that has to be playing into the calculation of Xi, which is, yes, we've got this big military, but are we going to be bogged down uh, fighting a war with Taiwan that is going to embarrass us? Um, and I think that's part of the calculation. So to me, Taiwan is not a central issue for China. The central issue for China is their power position relative to the United States. They believe that if the current trends continue, meaning they get access to our capital markets, they get access to our technology, they get access to our markets to sell, sell their goods, uh, they're going to win and they will be the superior power very soon. Um, so they don't want to change that. They don't want to disrupt that. Going to Taiwan could unify uh, Asian countries and the United States and Europe in a way that could be detrimental to their larger goals. So I think that the, you know, the, the strong focus that so many people have on Ukraine, I understand it and the threat is real, but I don't think that is the chief objective of China. Their ambitions are much bigger uh, than simply uh, reuniting with Taiwan. Interesting. You, you talked about how you know China wants access, and and obviously they've already infiltrated a lot of our institutions, uh, including Eric Swalwell, um, <laughs> but and Diane Feinstein right. for that matter, right. and, and employing it. You know, which you know Trump was compromised, but Democrats literally either date them or employ spies. But right. um, talk about the Penn Biden Center. Yeah, I mean, the Penn Biden Center to me is a ex classic example of elite capture. Um, so, you know, Joe Biden leaves the vice presidency, sets up the Penn Biden Center with the University of Pennsylvania. Um, and I talk about this in my book. If you look at the website when he set it up now, this is 2017. Uh, he served in the Obama administration. Barack Obama did a pivot to Asia because of the rising threat from China. And in fact, Barack Obama said China had replaced Russia as the main strategic threat to the United States. Joe Biden sets up the, Bi the Biden Penn Center um, and they say our goal is to protect Western values. And the three largest threats we face are Russia, terrorism and climate change. No mention of China. China's not a threat, according to the Biden Penn Center, when it's set up. Uh, you know, that's kind of astonishing uh, when you think about it. Um, there is a picture of Joe Biden with President Xi, though, on the website when they set it up as an example of kind of the international diplomacy he's engaged in. What raises a lot of concerns with people is the Biden Penn Center was set up. It kind of commingles finances with the University of Pennsylvania. But when, when the Biden Penn Center was set up, you saw an explosion in donations uh, from China. They dramatically increased to the University of Pennsylvania. And in fact, some of those donations, several multi-million dollar donations to the Biden Penn Center actually came from entities that were connected to Hunter Biden's activities in China. So they're not random. Uh, and the Biden Penn Center really became a sort of a, a, uh, a depository uh, for members of the Biden team. So Tony Blinken was there, who's now Secretary of State. He was collecting a paycheck. Um, you know, uh, Joe Biden's counselor in the White House uh, was there for a while. There were multiple people, including Joe Biden, that were collecting large salaries there. And there's a lot of evidence that China was financing um, those activities in China in, in the Biden Penn Center. And on top of that, of course, you have this sort of weird discovery that classified documents were being stored at this academic institution in Washington, D.C. So the Biden Penn Center is a problem, but you also have the University of Delaware set up a Biden Center. There's actually two centers. The one in Delaware doesn't get nearly uh, the attention. But when he set up the Delaware operation, they took in $6 million uh, in Chinese donations. There had never been a single donation to the University of Delaware before Joe Biden's policy center was set up in, in China. So the Bidens have personally profited from their financial ties to China and the institutions that they have built in the University of Delaware and Penn, I would argue, have also benefited um, from this Chinese largesse. And, and it's a huge 
problem. Again, these are not charities. They are doing this for a reason. Um, and I think one of the things these congressional committees need to get to the bottom of, Lisa, is what were they getting in return for this flow of money to the Biden family? You know, you'd mentioned Blinken and some of the other uh, members of the Biden administration. How many of our public officials, uh, elected officials are similarly compromised as Joe Biden? Uh, it's a great question. Uh, and it's always hard to know the extent to which they're compromised. But if you look at the last four U.S. ambassadors um, to China, uh, including the one appointed by uh, Donald Trump, uh, sadly, the last four U.S. ambassadors, they all, when they left the embassy and quit serving as a U.S. ambassador, either they or their family members became consultants for Chinese companies. To me, that's just ridiculous and atrocious um, and has no place. So we have a problem with diplomats. We have a problem on Capitol Hill um, by the, the, the count of registered lobbyists uh, in Washington, D.C. We found 23 former senators and congressmen who right now are lobbying, not just for Chinese companies, Lisa, but for Chinese companies directly tied to the Chinese military intelligence industrial complex. 23 former senators and congressmen are lobbying for those entities in Capitol Hill, and some of them are making a million dollars a year. Um, so it's a huge problem. It's a, it's a problem with business leaders in Wall Street and Silicon Valley. So we have to do this reassessment in the country because we have, I think, naively believed for decades that by engaging in commerce with China, China would become more like us. I think there's a lot of evidence that we've actually become more like China. And far from becoming more liberal over 30 years, I would argue that China today is far more repressive than it was 20 years ago. So this grand experiment of engagement has failed. All it succeeded in doing is strengthening China and enriching American political elites to the detriment of ordinary Americans. I mean, it begs the question, whose side are these people on? It does. Um, and, you know, it's funny because part of the motivation clearly is money uh, for people like, uh, I think, the Bidens. You could look at Mitch McConnell and his family. There's certainly a story to tell there. But then you get to some of the others that that have kind of honestly, very weird, praiseworthy things to say about the CCP in China. People like Elon Musk or people like Bill Gates. I mean, these are people worth hundreds of billions of dollars. So I, I don't really think the motivation here is money. Um, the motivation here seems to be ego. It seems to be hubris. You know, you take Bill Gates, who has praised the Chinese government for how efficient they are. Uh, of course, it's very easy to be efficient when you have no property rights or an independent judicial system or free elections. But Bill Gates has praised that government and he's done considerable business with that government. He doesn't necessarily need the money, but they stroke their egos. So, you know, a few years ago, China, uh, you know, uh, announced it was the, you know, the, the hundred years of uh, the founding of the Chinese Communist Party. And they listed the uh, the hundred most influential people in world history. So this is everybody. Now, Jesus was not on the list, but Bill Gates was <laughs> Bill Gates was next to Marx and Lenin and Mao. And and, you know, for some of these guys, that that sense of feeling important, you know, Bill Gates talks about going and meeting with President Xi and sharing ideas with him and discussing with him how to deal with health issues. And, you know, Xi is very appreciative. And, and you know, Bill Gates says, you know, Xi works so hard for the Chinese people. Um, those motivations are harder to harder to unpack. And I don't think they're financial, but I would argue that some of those individuals, very wealthy individuals are also compromised if, if in a slightly different way. How much influence does China have on our industries and our institutions? I mean, we've seen it with the NBA and, you know, obviously with the Bidens, but to what extent? Uh, it's a huge, huge problem, particularly Silicon Valley and Wall Street. Um, you know, flashback to 2017 when when uh, President Trump uh, put tariffs on Chinese goods. Um, Beijing was apoplectic. Uh, so what did they do, Lisa? Did they send a bunch of diplomats to Washington? No, <laughs> they actually sent government officials to Wall Street and they went to the big firms, Blackstone, BlackRock, uh, uh, Morgan Stanley. And they said, hey, guys, look, you need to fix this, because if you don't fix this, we're shutting you down in China. 
uh, and you literally had American financial institutions going to Washington, lobbying the Trump White House, lobbying Capitol Hill on behalf of the Chinese government. Um, that that's a huge problem. And what China does is they dangle access to the market in front of these people and they are literally willing to sell their souls. I mean, I'll just give you one brief example. Uh, there's a guy named Ray Dalio, um, who, um, is a, um, head of Bridgewater Associates, the biggest private hedge fund in the world, uh, well-known, uh, wall street figure in 2017, he wrote a book called principles, which described the people that have affected his life and influenced him the most. And he goes on and on and on and on in this book about this guy named Wang Qishan uh, in China. And he talks about him in sort of prophetic terms that this, this man is a profoundly wise man, profoundly inf you know, influential, a remarkable force for good. And I've learned so much from Wang Qishan. And I thought, okay, who's Wang Qishan? Well, it turns out He's the second most powerful man in China, and he's President Xi's enforcer. Uh, in fact, The Economist magazine calls him the most feared man in China, because if you get disappeared in China, chances are Wang Qishan's the guy that's arranged it. So I thought to myself, what on earth is prompting a smart guy like Ray Dalio to say something like this? Well, the answer came about a year, year and a half after he released this glowing book talking about wonky Sean. That's when Bridgewater Associates became the first hedge fund in the world to be allowed to sell its products to people in mainland China. Um, and I think it's that simple. I mean, this is that is what selling your soul looks like. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people in finance and in Silicon Valley that are prepared to do that. Um, and it's an enormous problem. I don't know exactly what the solution is. But we've got to address it in some way because these individuals are literally building up our chief competitor at our expense. Yeah, it kind of makes you question if it's possible to untangle ourselves from China. Yeah, um, I think there there are areas that we can and we must. It's going to be painful. Um, my view is, I don't know if if China even sells potato chips in the United States. But if it's something like potato chips or soybeans, I don't really have a problem with it because the ordinary, ordinary Chinese people are, in a sense, the main victims of the CCP, and they've got to make a living. What I have a problem with is the technology and the medical supplies and their ability to manipulate and control us through it. Let's remember during COVID, um, President Trump raised the issue of of, you know, what he called the Kung flu or the, you know, the China virus and its origins from a Chinese lab. And what do the Chinese government say? The Chinese government issued a statement saying, you know, if this continues, we may shut off uh, the export of antibiotics to your country and you will be living in a sea of covid. Um, that's what they said. Um, and I think they meant it. Um, and actually, the rhetoric in Washington did kind of ratchet down. That's a problem. And so when we have this economic tie to them, and it's in critical strategic industries, I would say like uh, green energy technologies. I mean, Biden's plan for expanding green energy is a giveaway to Beijing. 80% of solar panels and of battery technologies are made in China. So we need to decouple that. Um, other strategic industries, certainly in electronics and medicals, those areas we need to decouple. If people are buying blue jeans or T-shirts that are made in China, I have less of a problem with that. Um, and I think we can allow that commerce to continue. But in the strategic industries, we absolutely must decouple ourselves. I think Trump was uh, really right about bringing back manufacturing here in the United States, particularly to your point. I mean, we should not be re relying on China for 80 to 90 percent of our antibiotics. That's absurd and dangerous, too, to your point, when they threaten to withhold them. Yeah. You know, you look at the Biden family. Have crimes been committed? Uh, I believe they have. Um, it, it's, you know, I always preface things by saying I'm not a lawyer. And, you know, it's also. The challenge in Washington is that, you know, political families are very, very smart. They do a lot of corrupt things. Um, and our laws are written in such a way that unless you can demonstrate an explicit quid pro quo, you know, you are, let's say, uh, Senator uh, Booth from the great state of Florida, 
if I come in to see you, I know you would never do this, but I'm just giving you the scenario. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I always, I always, when people give scenarios, I'm like, I didn't no, rob exactly. the bank. Just yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just, just for people to know. <laughs> just completely illustrative purposes. Hypotheticals. Exactly. But, you know, if you were the senator from the state of Florida and I came in and I gave you a shoebox of money and said, Senator Booth, I need you to vote for this bill. Uh, and you voted for that bill. That is absolutely a crime because it's a quid pro quo. I said, I'm going to give you money and you took that action. Now, if I came to you as a senator and I said, you know, Senator Booth, uh, I know you've got this uh, uh, adult child, let's say. Uh, I'd love to hire them as a quote unquote consultant for my business. And you're like, oh, that's great. Uh, and I'm going to pay them $250,000 a year. They don't really have to show up all that much. You know, I'll let them know when we need them. Oh, and by the way, there's this legislation I'm really concerned about, um, you know, and here's why I'm concerned about it. If I don't ask you, but you end up voting for that bill, I've accomplished the same thing. But is that illegal? It's not an explicit quid pro quo and our laws are more fuzzy. So part of the problem we have is. You know, these people are not dumb. When people say, you know, Hunter Biden is this drug addict and Hunter Biden went to Yale Law School and he has personal problems, but he's smart in the way that he communicates what he says and what he doesn't say and the manner in which they conduct their business. The Bidens are that way. The Clintons were that way. Uh, uh, certainly Republicans who have engaged in this the smart way. So the question of whether something is illegal is hard to answer, but I think it evades the larger point, which is I think in either scenario, a uh, fictional scenario that I laid out, I think anybody would look at that and say either one of those is just wrong. The fact that you go to jail for the first one and then the second one, I hire your kid and I accomplish the same thing. People think that's terrible too and want that to stop. The problem is our laws it's hard to create laws that deal with very, very clever, corrupt behavior. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got the the Pelosi's uh, killing it in the finance, you know, with what their their investments. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, they seem to, you know, obviously he seems to always be ahead the the curve. Uh, her husband there. Yeah, Pelosi's have been very smart about this. I did a, a segment years ago with 60 Minutes um, on how the Pelosi's would get initial public offerings of stock. I mean, this is just genius um, where, you know, Visa, for example, wanted some legislation killed when Nancy Pelosi was uh, Speaker of the House. Her husband was given access to 5,000 uh, IPO shares of stock before the public listing. Um, and they, they made a hundred thousand dollars in a single day. Well, the only people that were really, I think, rightfully given access to those IP shares of stock were investors, uh, board members, et cetera. But suddenly you have Paul Pelosi that's given access to the, these IPO shares of stock and Nancy Pelosi kills the visa legislation. Is that illegal? I think it's highly unethical and I think it ought to be investigated. But to the point we were making earlier, if she had taken $100,000 cash and they told her, don't vote this, you know, don't vote for this, and she took their advice, that would be an explicit illegal act. And the Pelosi's have been masters, masters at manipulating the system, enriching themselves in massive ways and doing so in a way that kind of obscures the legality of it. It's kind of a gray area. And it's pretty infuriating as they vote and uh, perpetuate policies that harm, you know, the financials of everyday uh, Americans, whether it's driving up gas prices or, you know, inflation or, or whatever it is. It's pretty infuriating when they're obviously leveraging their positions to get rich. You know, you look at the Department of Justice's investigation into to Hunter Biden. Do you think that will bring them to Joe Biden? Do they even care? Is, is that going anywhere? Is the classified documents in a Joe Biden going anywhere? Or is it all just a joke? Well, it's a good question. Um, I don't really know the answer of it. I was more optimistic early on. So I, I wrote a book called Secret Empires in 2018, which was the first book that exposed the Biden's China deals and, you know, the extent of the Burisma deal and all of that. Um, and I was contacted by the FBI at that time who said, we're interested in this. We want to talk to you. I had a line of communication that was all good. And literally four months after my book was published, this grand jury was convened to look at the deals in China. So I was very optimistic. I was very excited. 
And then a year went by and I said, okay, well, you know, these things take time. Two years went by. We're now five years um, into this investigation. Uh, and I think the revelations of this whistleblower from the IRS who's come forward um, are very, very interesting. Because if you simply look at the issue of tax evasion, uh, Hunter Biden, there's just in mind, clearly has committed felony level tax evasion. Uh, he owed millions of dollars in taxes. Uh, he never paid money on a lot of his earnings from overseas. Uh, they convened the grand jury in 2018. And then in 2020, two years after they're investigating it, he gets this California lawyer to pay $2 million of what he owes the IRS. Um, that doesn't matter. I mean, in similar cases, people are prosecuted almost immediately in these circumstances. Um, there are even emails on the laptop where his accountant is saying, have you paid taxes on any of this money? And Hunter Biden blows him off and he didn't pay taxes on it. So you look at that, you look at the FARA violations. These are the you know Foreign Agents Registration Act. Clearly, Hunter Biden was representing foreign entities before the U.S. government. There are a multitude of examples in the emails and meetings that he set up with people that met with his father when he was vice president. There are emails where people say, do we need to register under FARA because of because we're setting up these meetings and Hunter Biden doesn't respond. Um, and yet the Justice Department has gone after uh, Republicans um, uh, for FARA violations. I would argue rightfully so, by the way. But there's this massive inconsistency. So we are five years into this grand jury uh, and I have pretty much had it. I'm an optimist by nature, but the fact that this continues to drag on and now you've got the luxury granted of a meeting, Hunter Biden's lawyers apparently meeting with DOJ officials a few days ago to discuss this. I just don't think they would lend this kind of soft treatment to anyone else politically in the business world. And it speaks to a huge problem because, Lisa, if you look at the decline of civilizations in world history, the sign of decline that is the most troublesome, it's not elections, although elections are really important. It's when the judicial system serves the interests of certain powerful people and it treats other people differently. That's when you, a civilization is in trouble and is in decline. And that's what we see, I think, in spades with the Bidens right now. Sadly, that's what we have. I'm in with you on FARA. I think it, it should be enforced, but it's being selectively enforced to, to your point. You know, that's the problem with our society today. Just like, you know, you look at the Clinton's team getting immunity and talking to the FBI where, you know, they don't grant that to Michael Flynn, for, for instance. And, exactly. Great point. Great point. You know, so so that's where we are today in this really sad state. You know, you've written multiple New York Times bestselling books on corruption, bringing truth to light, exposing all of this stuff. How would you get into that? You know, why corruption? You know, what what about it gets you up in the morning and you just have that perseverance and desire to get to the truth and investigate? Well, part of it, Lisa, is it just kind of pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> that's part of it. But I mean, more to the point, um, I think. You know, we have a obviously a big philosophical ideological debate taking place in our country today between progressives and traditional conservatives, America firsters, whatever you want to call them. There's this ideological debate going on, but I think there's more driving the debate than that. I do believe corruption is driving a lot of what we're seeing in Washington, D.C., and it's a reason why you see Republicans that get elected being traditional fiscal conservatives. We're going to hold spending. And then suddenly, two years later, they're spending money like drunken sailors because there's a business model. And the business model is when you grow government, you create opportunities for enrichment. You're creating more demand for your services. You have more power. You have more influence. You can pick more winners and losers. So that motivates and incentivizes our elected and unelected officials to uh, engage in growing the size and scope of our government because they can self-enrich and corrupt. Uh, and I think that's a huge problem. Once you make something not just a, a policy goal, but a selfish self-enrichment goal, you are going to have a group of motivated people that are aggressively going to cling uh, to power. And I think one of the sort of issues you see on this issue of, of, you know, the intelligence communities and the FBI and their sort of butting heads with Donald Trump and their opposition to Trump, uh, part of it is they, they don't want, 
you know, some things necessarily revealed or they don't want their powers restricted. Some of the things Donald Trump is. But part of it is they've got a great business model going. I mean, you leave the FBI, you immediately become a consultant to all these companies, to all these overseas actors. Um, it really looks pretty greasy, but nobody inside the Beltway talks about it. So I think a lot of what we see happening in Washington is being driven by corruption. Uh, and I figure that, you know, there are a lot of great people fighting the philosophical battle. Um, I felt like the corruption part was unrepresented. So uh, I, I dove right in. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Please stay with us. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are Republicans doing a good job digging into this stuff in the House? Uh, I think yes and no. I think the Oversight Committee is doing some good work. But I think the mistake that's made is we need to be thinking like prosecutors. They're not prosecutors on the committee. They're part of a congressional committee. But you need to be smart about it. Uh, and I think every time something comes out, you hold a press conference, you hold an announcement. Here's three other uh, Biden family members that have made money. It's so, it soon becomes white noise. I mean, if you're doing it every other day, it's like white noise. Okay, yeah, well, this isn't a big deal because I heard 16 more of them like over the last two months. So I'm more in favor of thinking like a prosecutor, collecting the information, holding it tight, and then bringing people before the committee um, and really asking them specific questions, saying, you know, you know, to Hunter Biden or to the business partner, did you uh, did Joe Biden uh, help you in any way? And when they say no, say, well, you know, that's interesting because I've got this email where it says that Hunter talked to his dad about this very deal. So I want them to be smart in that way. I feel like part of the challenge is uh, people on that committee, they have other assignments, they have other responsibilities. There's a whole debt ceiling debate going on. It's very, very hard to focus on this one singular thing. Uh, but I do think like you have to have at least three or four members of that committee who are laser focused on this issue. It can be complicated. It's easy to obscure. And if you don't know the details, it's going to be very, very easy uh, for Team Biden to spin this. That's a really good point. Uh, Peter Schweizer, anything you want to leave us with before we go? There are a lot of things I'm discouraged and frustrated about, uh, but I am 
optimistic about my country because I know the principles it was founded on. I know what ordinary people uh, want and need. Um, I think those values are still bedrock. Um, so don't get discouraged. If you get discouraged when you hear this kind of stuff or you get discouraged when Lisa is talking about the crazy things going on in Washington, don't get discouraged. That's exactly what they want you to do, to get discouraged, unplug and go away. And if they accomplish that, it's going to make their win a lot easier. Um, I think we're going to win, but even if we're going to lose, I want to make it as hard as possible <laughs> for them uh, for them to be victorious. So my message would be: don't lose heart. Um, you know, be informed, know that this is happening, and then engage and fight for your country. I, I love that. You know, I keep being like, "This is the hill I die on," and then there's just so many hills. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and the thing is, pretty soon there won't be any other hills. You know, this is it. And, and you know, the old joke about there's no other country to escape to. There isn't. I mean, this is it. So, so you know, let's stand and fight. I, I agree, Peter. Appreciate what you do. Uh, I've always been a huge fan, so it's an honor to have you on the show. I, I thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, I enjoyed it. Great questions, Lisa. And, and uh, thanks for having me. That was the great Peter Schweizer. I'd actually had emailed him before to try to get him on the show, but uh, couldn't get him. And then I ran into someone who works for him. And so I'm so glad to have him on the, the podcast. Truly a fan of his. Uh, he does such a good job at taking all these really complicated issues and making it digestible with explaining why it matters. So just appreciate what he does. Um, and just cool to have him on the show. So thank you at home for listening every Monday and Thursday. But of course, you can listen to it, whatever you want, because it's a podcast. Uh, I want to thank Drew Steele, who stepped in for John Cassio today for putting the show together. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Love reading your reviews and ratings. Until next time. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, this new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com Lisa. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.